With the fourth quarter underway, you may have different views on your finances than when the year started. There is no better time than the present when it comes to implementing smart money moves in your life to maximize your financial success. So today we share some financial moves you can make to upgrade your financial plan and investments. Stay tuned as we discuss all that and more right now on the Retirement Lifestyle Show. Welcome. You are listening to the Retirement Lifestyle Show with Roshan Lungani, Eric Olson, and Adrian Nicholson. This show is an exploration of ideas to help you work toward your ideal retirement. Get ready for the financial independence of your dreams. Welcome to the Retirement Lifestyle Show. I'm your co-host, Roshan Lungani, with Adrian Nicholson today. Eric is not with us today. He is backpacking uh, as an anniversary trip, so he's in the mountains somewhere today. Adrian, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Roshan. Happy to be on this podcast. I hope Eric is having a good time hiking. I know he enjoys doing that stuff a lot, so I can't wait to hear about it when he uh, gets back. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, September was a really busy month. Last weekend was uh, really busy with Alberto and Christina's wedding. I had a great time super thankful for being the best man but let me tell you being a best man it's a lot of work i just realized that but everything went well so i'm feeling really really good and ready for another podcast what was the most unexpected task you had while you were doing a lot of work as the best man that's actually pretty good thing that that they didn't throw any unexpected like tasks at me so i I was pretty much chilling for the most part i'd say like the one thing that kind of like tripped me up a little bit is that I left my uh, phone on the table when I was doing my best man speech. So it had to come all straight from memory, but everybody thought that was like a funny start to it. So that kind of really helped me looking back at it. So I was really, I was really happy that my best man speech was uh, well received. Excellent. I want to see a video of that once you've got it. I actually do have a, a clip of it. I'm pretty sure they have like the whole thing, but like I said, it's uh it's pretty good. I mean, my hat goes off to those like people that are like our best men at like a celebrity wedding because like that that must be just like insane i mean albert and christina they were they're really easy on me through the whole process but i can only imagine if i had like a really hard couple or some like super lavish wedding or something and i had to like check off all these boxes because man it was a lot but looking back at it it all went so great that's great. Well, congratulations to Alberto and Christina uh, on their recent wedding. And Adrian, congratulations to you on a great best man speech uh, from the sounds of it. Yeah, I, d- I did have a little stumble on the dance floor. But other than that, everything else went really well. I was just happy to be out there dancing with my fiance again. That was a good memory and bumping into a lot of people who I went to. Uh, to college with too. It was kind of a trip down uh, memory lane. The venue was only uh, like five minutes away for, from where I went to university. So it was, it was overall a good time and, uh, and a great weekend. That's great. What was, uh, what, uh, I need details on the stumble on the dance floor. That sounds, uh, sounds like uh, an interesting part of the night. It was. It was kind of a stumble slash dance move, so it wasn't a complete accident. But uh, overall, I could I could say I, I really went all out that night. So two thumbs up for me, that's for sure. That's awesome. All right, let me move us on to our topic for today. I've got uh, we've got something really interesting lined up for everyone. It's right now early in October, 
So we're giving you a couple months notice to get your year-end planning in place. Now we've got a variety of items we're going to talk about that you should work on or prepare for or just think about to plan the year-end. So Adrian, I'll let you start us off. Let's start with what you have on your list. Actually, you have an interesting title of, of uh, that you have for this. Tell me, share your title. Yeah, I'll share a, a title and also kind of a little like theme slash like joke around. I think that would be a good intro to it. So the, the working title I have right now is people who don't do these things before 2021 ends will have less money. And uh, I think that's going to be a really interesting topic to discuss today. And my kind of like theme slash joke, it was kind of like a running uh, joke when I went to university, like when it came to like doing like a project or an essay or any type of thing. Uh, this was kind of like the joke. It's called like, if you wait to the last minute to do something, it only takes a minute to do. So I thought that was, uh, it, it's pretty clever saying, you know, if, you, if you're waiting for the last second to like do something, it only takes you a second, whether it ends up being good exactly how you want it. You know, that's an argument for, for another day, but I think that's overall just like a funny way to, you know, kind of motivate you saying, you know, it, it, it is kind of coming to the, down to the end. There are a few months left in the year, but you, it, you still have an opportunity to, uh, to change some things or add some new things or just get, get uh, some stuff on your to-do list done. So I thought that was a kind of great way to kind of start this topic. Yeah. And you're right. I think I've seen, uh, I think I've seen it's credit to Elon Musk that says something like, if you give yourself three weeks to clean your house, it'll take three weeks. If you give yourself three hours, it'll take three hours. That's good, honestly. And there's some people that uh, like the pressure, you know, when the clock's counting down, hit a buzzer beater shot just uh, just to get it done. So it just depends on who you are, a type of person. If you like giving yourself plenty of time, that's great. If you like working under the pressure and just condensing it all, in a, in a quick little uh, go, you know, more power to you. Yeah, well, we're giving you two months. So, Adrian, tell me what's on the list for me to make sure that uh, I do these items so I have more money in the future. This one I thought was a really cool one. And uh, this is uh, really interesting, too, because uh, we we have been, uh, you know, working for like a lot of clients that say they want to do a lot of traveling in retirement. And a good way where you could uh, save your money and really plan ahead and to really have like a strategy in place is like planning a vacation or traveling as soon as you can, even if it's like a year or two year out. So you can lock in some really good rates and really good deals. And I think that's uh, that's something that's really, uh, you know, a really smart thing to do. And honestly, I'm guilty of it. If I'm planning like a trip or a flight or something, sometimes I will wait till the last minute to do it. And then the prices will like, skyrocket where if i can if i can kind of lock it in a year in advance i could be really uh save myself some money down the road and if you're somebody that travels a lot like every single year you plan on traveling more this could be a a really great way to help plan ahead and also save some money along the way so i thought that was a really good uh idea to kind of start us out with today i think that's a great one now let me ask you about that that sounds like an all year round type thing not necessarily just something for the year end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Would you would you agree like that that's something you can do anytime? Yeah, that's something you could do anytime and it was just something that I I thought it would be like interesting to to really share before 
you know, the year ends, just something to think about. Just, you know, it gets really busy, especially when it hits around Thanksgiving time. It could be really hard to like sit down in your front of your computer and really lock something in. So this was just an idea I wanted to throw out there just to, just to see if you could uh, implement this. So, you, like I said, so you could save some uh, extra dollars and, you know, have that planning tactic in, in play. Yeah, and I'm definitely guilty of needing to, uh, of not doing this, I should say. Today is Wednesday, and my wife, uh, Steph's birthday is on Friday, and uh, I still need to plan that trip that I told her we're going to take on her birthday weekend. So I've got two days, but I'm not getting uh, uh, special deals. I'm kind of getting whatever's left right now. You got it, Rosh, and I, you, I, I believe in you. You'll take care of business like you yeah, always do. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll just get a last minute deal. I need to look for look for those. So what what else is on your list uh to make sure you have more money next year? Uh this is I guess this isn't really like a year end one, but this is more of a month end one and I think this is uh this is something that I'll probably do when I get home today. It's cancel at least one of your subscription or streaming services. And nowadays there are just so many on the list. I'll just run them off. There's Amazon Prime, Netflix, Disney Plus, Spotify, Hulu, HBO. It could be like a gym membership or something where, you know, at the end of the year, you're going to get charged. I think that's a really good thing to really even take a look at towards the end of the year because people could really be like racking them up. So I think it's like a really good way to look at it. And if you're, if you're, if you're really going to lock down and do this, just figure out what you enjoy the most on the streaming platform and just take a weekend and just watch it and then uh, shove it to the side, I think is a, is uh, really helpful. And uh, the kind of parallel to this or like the opposite end of this would be to set up like some type of automatic saving or contribution, where it is, uh, which is pretty beneficial and go the long way where you have these streaming services or subscriptions that will kind of charge you every month. And after a while, you don't look at it. So also a good way to kind of combat this or counter this would just be set up an automatic saving where that money that's coming in will be saved or invested in you over time which can make a really big difference in the long run. Well, and so let me ask you about that. You said you're going to do this today. So if I uh, put, uh, made you pick right now, what, what would you get rid of if, you have, if you're doing this today? If I had to get rid of, uh, actually, it's not much so me because my fiance, actually, this is kind of a running joke. She actually has all the, the streaming services and subscriptions. And whenever I want something, I just kind of, search on search on it online and just try and find it that way so i'll just guess have a conversation with that saying hey which ones uh, do you really like and which ones do, do we not watch as much anymore that we can get rid of i think is a is a pretty great way to uh save some money at the end of the month or whatever it may be yeah that that would be a good way to do it and you i like how you coupled that with uh saving because you could potentially just save what you um uh, whatever you were paying to that streaming service, you could automatically move that dollar value to the uh, savings category. Yeah, and these things, like I feel like every day, it's like a new uh, like streaming service or a subscription or, or some type of thing that people are just just adding on. Where it was like I could just say like a couple of years ago, there weren't as many out there as there are now. So this is probably a pretty like new territory where. It, you're just going to have to be monitoring as the years go on because like i say like after a while you have so many of them you don't even really keep track of them and like i said when i get home i'm gonna have that conversation with my fiance today like what are we not really using let's just take a look at it right now and just just get rid of it because we're not even 
uh, using it, but we're getting charged constantly. And that out of sight, out of mind thing really comes into play here. Yeah, that is very true. And like you said, there are a lot of them. I, I tend to uh, uh, get them and cancel them as we're using them. And uh, um, you're, you've got to ask your fiance because she's got all the all the um, subscriptions. What I'll do is I'll just try to gauge what I think we're not using and cancel it. And then if nobody complains in the household, I made the right move. If somebody does, then I've got to bring it back. Yeah, it's it's normally I think you you'll cancel it, and then like a couple of weeks later, uh, somebody will want to use it again, or something will be like blowing up like online, saying, "Wow, the greatest show in the world on this like streaming service or this like this super awesome thing." And just you have to get back to it. But just monitoring is like a really big thing and can really help you out at the end of the day. So I thought this was a good one to add to the list. It is. And, you know, it's no longer a surprise in the house that like, oh, I thought we had this. It's more like, uh, I know we had this. Did you cancel this? Is the conversation yeah, exactly. now. And usually the answer is, uh, yeah, I, I did cancel That's a it. big one, but they're, they're all good tips. And like I said, it, could, it can go a long way once you, you add it up. It, it definitely can. What uh, We actually switched two or three years ago. To a, um, and we cut the cord and went to you know high speed internet from our regular cable provider and um, streaming services for the uh, for the television. Uh, and it was it was uh, uh, I was the only one that that was a fan of it at first. But I think uh, at this point, everyone in the family is is okay with it, being that it's two years and I haven't gotten complaints in a long time. So that's really solid. I'm glad for you though. But you know, at the end of the day. It's, it comes down, down to those uh, just decision time. And like you said, just get rid of it at that point. And if you don't hear about it, then you know you probably made the right call on it. Yep, exactly. Exactly right. And same, you know, not just uh, in uh, sort of tricking the family. I think the same would apply for people that are uh, selecting their streaming services. That might be a good way to go about it, right? You cancel it. And if you don't notice it, you really didn't, you really weren't watching it. If you do, maybe you try canceling something else. Yeah, I'm right there with you. That's for sure. All right, excellent. These are great, great tips so far. What else do you have on the list? Uh, do you want to share one right now before I go into my next one? I, I'll let you do yours first, just because mine are sort of a totally different direction, I think, so far. So mine are more year-end financial planning uh, items. Some of them overlap, but I want, I'll let you go through your, your entire list first, and then we'll flip over to mine. Okay, awesome. Uh, well, the next one on mine is to perform that cash flow analysis sooner rather than later, and I think that's, uh, that's a good one. If you're somebody that kind of set that up at the beginning of the year, and you really haven't taken like a look at it or just performed any kind of checks here and there, I think this would be a good time to do it. Like I said, once you kind of hit that like around Thanksgiving time, it can be really hard to you know, really sit down and look at the numbers, but kind of see where the money's coming in and where's the money coming out. Like example, when we were talking about streaming services, kind of perform that overall check just to see where you're at, I think is really beneficial and can, it can really help you out and really see if you are on track or if you're not on track or if you need to make some adjustments or whatever it may be, whatever they may be, I think is, could, uh, could really help. Yeah, actually, that's one I did have on my list as well, reviewing your budget. Now, we tend to do that with our clients uh, in the first quarter, but there is definitely nothing wrong with doing it doing it earlier so you can uh, start off the year 
with that already completed and ready to move forward. What's next? That 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 one definitely overlaps. What what's next on your list? Um, the next one too is uh, I probably might overlap with yours, and it's kind of very similar. Um, I kind of just had this as like a like a little bit of a joke. Just dust off that investment statement or reset that password so you can get into your four one k to see uh, uh, how your investments are doing. And uh, our previous episode, we talked about really how volatility picks up around this time of year. So what better time to really kind of check up on it? Then now and just see if you need to make changes, if you need to have a conversation with someone, just to overall just to look into it when volatility does pick up, like we're seeing right now. Yeah, you know, I've got that on the list. I'm gonna add one thing to it. So, in addition to reviewing your portfolio, which we both uh, both have on the list, I would say review your contributions to uh, 401ks, to IRAs. I was speaking with a client last night who. Uh, good for them. They both got raises, but that pushed them over the maximum for their 401k contributions. So we were we were adjusting theirs down just so they they don't go over. And uh, then the counter holds true too. I met with clients a few weeks ago where they got raises and they were able to send that money to um, uh, they were able to send that money to their 401k that raise to get them closer to the maximum contribution. Yeah, that's big. And that kind of uh, goes into another one on my list is just uh, check to see where you've been contributing to your, have you made that contribution to your IRA or that educational savings plan, whatever it may be, just to see if you can help reduce that taxable income when it comes to the end of the year. That's that's really big. And like I mentioned um, in uh, a little bit uh, at the start of this episode, just you know have that automatic savings and make sure you have those contributions so you're kind of you know, out of sight, out of mind, it's kind of automatic for you where you don't have to, let's just say when next year in the same position, you don't want to have to be checking this on every single year. You kind of want to have it set in place whenever you can do it. So you you have that working for you. So you don't have to constantly check, check in, it, in on it. I think it's really important. Yep. I've actually got, uh, I want to highlight what you just said, because that was another one of mine as well, which was the 529 contributions. Make sure you get those in before the year end. Uh, with IRAs, you have till April 15th of the next year to make your contribution. Uh, 529s, you've got to get it in by the end of the year uh, if you want to get a state tax deduction. So it's an important distinction. I do see people confuse that uh, often enough where it's worth worth mentioning. What else is on your list? Yeah, and like you said, it's better to kind of look at those dates now and those deadlines now because... You don't want it just to be like a surprise or come up on you unexpectedly where you have to do all this like planning and sitting down and then figuring out. Or I think, again, this is, uh, I kind of really like this episode again because it's kind of not waiting to the last minute. I think that's like the biggest concept and theme here. Try not to wait to the last minute. Again, unless you're someone calm, cool, and collective like Roshan, that, that's a diamond in the rough that loves all that pressure so you can just knock it out. Uh, at the last minute for this vacation or weekend out of town planning, I wish I had not <laughs> waited till the last minute and gotten it done earlier. So I like your advice of uh, getting things done early. I'm kind of, uh, I'm a little similar in that aspect, but also a little different. I, I like planning, but I don't like over planning because I also like that kind of, uh, what What's the term you use sometimes when we're uh, prepping for the podcast where you like you don't want to uh, like talk about it right now because you want to be na- the natural, the natural like reaction, some yeah. spont natural reaction, some spontaneous. I like, 
you know, if I have like a trip fully planned out, I don't want to be planned out a hundred percent because I want something to kind of not throw a wrench in my plan, but just throw it in there to kind of, you know, change it up because that, you know, that's what life's all about. Some, some of those like unexpected good surprises, I think is, uh, is something that I, I really enjoyed because, uh, that was one thing that I think was really good looking back at, uh, Alberto's bachelor party. I had it planned pretty much down. I'd say I had like 80, 85% percent of it really planned out, but I also left that 15%, you know, who knows mystery going into the unknown. And overall, I kind of looking back at it, it was, uh, it was great. I really like doing that. Well, it went well. So whatever formula you use worked. Yeah, I just gotta gotta keep it up. But uh, I can uh, I'll go on to my next one if you're if you're ready for that. But these uh, these next ones you'll probably be able to shed a little bit more light on than than I am. But I thought these were just really good uh, uh, points to make. Um, start looking at some of your losses to offset your know, taxable gains. I think is going to be really important. Where you can start looking at that now to see what positions you think you might should sell at this point, so you could kind of reduce that I think is really important. Yep, uh, I've got that on there as well. And just a reminder to everyone, you're only allowed to take losses of $3,000 per year and you can offset your gains and losses. So if you've uh, got some gains this year just with what the market has done for the majority of the year uh, and you've if you've taken them, it may be an opportunity in the uh, markets we have now with the higher volatility and the markets having pulled back a little bit to take some losses. Yeah, I think this is a really good strategy that some people don't know about. I remember I was uh, talking to a friend of mine recently and he was telling me how like he was really all beat up about like this loss that he had in his uh, investment portfolio. And I really told him to kind of like look to see how he can make this loss into a positive. And I think that's like, it's kind of, it sounds really weird where you're, you're, you're using like a loss in your portfolio to overall help help out. I think that's uh, really interesting. You really can't find that anywhere else where you're kind of losing a loss to your advantage. It really sounds good on paper, honestly. So that's a, a strategy you really can implement at the end of the year that could really help out in a long way. Yeah, you know, I was recently reading uh, an article and they were talking about uh, Ted uh, Wexler, who is works with uh, Warren Buffett at Berkshire Hathaway now. He manages a big part of the uh, stock portfolio. And he had a quote that I'm looking up right now that I really liked. He said, here it is. He says, one of my personal investment mantras is that there's no such thing as a loss. It is just an unmonetized lesson. So I think with what you said with your your buddy, if he can learn something from it and not make that mistake again, it can help him become a better investor. If he looks at it as a as just a loss and doesn't, take anything from it aside from that, he'll probably repeat the mistake again. So I would tell you to share that information to him or tell him to listen to this episode. Will do. And is there any, I, I got to believe there's both uh, pros and cons to doing this kind of towards, let's just say like a couple months before the end of the year or closer to the end of the year. What's kind of your take on it? Or at that point, it really just doesn't matter. Well, I like reviewing it now because it gives people time to take action on it. Uh, or at the or give it some thought before they take action on it as well. So you've got time to time to react. Do you have other things on that list, or I've got a few more that I'll share as well? I only have one more, but 
I'm almost positive it's on your list, so I won't say it unless it's not on your list, and then I'll bring it up. You sure? Okay. Well, that's a little bit. Well, that's a little bit of a teaser, I guess. Yeah, we can we can we can move on. Then I've got a, a couple others. One is check your flexible spending account. So if you've got a flexible spending account where you need to spend money out of it before the year is over, so you don't lose it. You want to make sure you plan that out. I remember years ago talking to um, uh, talking to a friend who's an optometrist and saying that the end of the year gets really busy because people just try to spend that money before it's gone. I've heard dentists say the same thing as well, that people try to get in right before the year is over. So that's one where your earlier question about us talking about this in October lines up because you wait till December, you may not be able to get that appointment and you may end up losing some of your flex spending money. I mean, this that one just pretty much sounds like it, it applies to pretty much every everybody. Like, is there like a scenario or like a client situation where you're talking to somebody and you're like, just like use the money in your FSA and they were just like, oh, I just want to save it even though I'm going to lose it? As, as different as that may sound, have you ever ran into something like that? Well, so I've actually never come across uh, a situation like that, but also some of them will now let you roll it over. I've seen that online, but I have not experienced that with uh, any of my interactions with clients. I don't actually have a client where I think they can roll it over. I think everyone we work with pretty much has to use it or lose it. So uh, I can't imagine someone just saying, let's lose the money intentionally. Uh, although I know it happens to people where they forget about it and they don't use it in time. So you've got two months to, to uh, or I'm sorry, you've got um, really three months to, to use it, use it or lose it. So make sure you do. Uh, and try and lock that, uh, try and lock that appointment in as soon as possible. So you're not bombarding your local dentist or optometrist out there. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, the next one on my list is a very important one. If you're over 72 make sure you take your required minimum distributions if not you're looking at uh penalties in the 50 percent neighborhood uh now a sub uh category of that is you can make charitable deduction uh charitable distributions excuse me qualified charitable distributions where you can take your required minimum distribution and send that to a charity which may reduce your taxes especially with the increase in the standard deduction. This is something I have clients, more and more clients taking advantage of uh, in, re in retirement with their required minimum distribution. So take the distribution, uh, one. Second, you can use it for charitable donations using qualified charitable distributions. And unrelated to required minimum distributions, but another one on here is... Um, prepaying your charitable distributions. I have one client in particular comes in every year and they're on the borderline between using the standard deduction and being able to itemize. So what we've done in previous years is we've looked at how close they are and we've made determinations whether they're close enough should they make some of the charitable gifts they would have made in uh, early the first quarter the following year should they make them by the end of the year and get them over the threshold to itemize that's awesome i mean it's a really uh smart strategy to uh use and again it's kind of uh just you know you're forced to take out this rmd so you're using it in a way that also like benefits you i think is uh it's it's really great when you can kind of get a double win on it yeah exactly you definitely can you're you're 
getting a, a win potentially with the deduction, you'll be able to give it to the charity and they'll be able to use it and help with with obviously a cause you believe in or you wouldn't be giving your, your money to them. Yeah, and if it, if it works out so well, you could just, I'm assuming you could just implement this strategy every year and kind of just have it like automatic. So the sooner you're able to figure this out, the, the better you are and just don't have to worry about going forward where you just kind of have this set in place. I think it's really, it's really great. Yes, uh, completely agree. And I'm sure the charity is just as happy about it as well. So that's also really great. Yeah, it definitely is a situation where where uh, you plan this out correctly. Everyone, everyone can win. Yeah, exactly. That's great. Nice one. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Next, I've got on here. This is one um, something that everyone kind of just has to do at this time of year, but review uh, your benefits, whether it's employer benefits if you're working or if it's uh, Medicare, you've got to review that that benefit uh, as well. So you're kind of forced into it because of this time of year, you've got open enrollment. But what I would add on to that is review your your needs as well. So just thinking of, uh, we've talked about the flex spending, look at what you've spent this year. And when you update your benefits, make sure if you're caught in a situation where you're trying to spend a lot of money at the end of the year that you don't really need to, maybe you lower that or same thing with insurances. A lot of people, you know, you've got your uh, your insurances through work, life, disability uh, insurance, your medical insurance. Review your needs as well as your existing policies and then make adjustments as needed during your open enrollment. That's a big one. What um, Since you're on the subject of insurance, what about car insurance? I was reading something where you're supposed to shop around that like every six months or like every year, like twice a time. Few times like is that something you do or you've heard of uh i wish i did it i don't look at it every six months they typically renew every six months so there's your opportunity for savings i switched to my current provider um uh probably four or five years ago and i maybe not quite as long but let's just say let's say it was four or five years ago i don't remember exactly when but i think that's the last time i looked at it and when i did switch over it was a significant savings. So I think that's a great, great point and great advice to look at it every six months because it renews every six months. So you might might be able to get a better deal. Yeah, honestly. I mean, that was on my list to just have that insurance talk sooner rather than later to see what you need, find the cheapest possible option, and then you're really taken care of. I think that's a that's a, that's a really big one. Honestly, I feel like all these ones are, are really helpful. So I'm really I'm really proud of the list we've been uh, coming up with. Do you have any more on your on your side? Yep, I've got a few more. Uh, when we're talking about reviewing things, review your beneficiaries. Uh, make sure your beneficiaries are uh, as you would like them to be. So it's going to, to the right person. I had a um, uh, a situation probably more than ten years ago. It's when I was a, a manager which was uh, at, at a different firm. So that was actually more than 13 years ago uh, where there was a situation where a woman had uh, was married and we looked at her, we were looking at her retirement plan at work, which she had been employed for probably 10, 15 years at the same place. Don't remember how many years she was married, but when we were looking at that, her beneficiary was her ex-boyfriend. So... Had she passed away, her husband would not have been happy with 
her ex-boyfriend getting all of her money in her 401k plan. Exactly. I can't imagine a situation where that would have been a good situation, but it, it doesn't take that long to really update a beneficiary. You just got to know about it and you could probably take care of it in less than a week, if not, if not that. So it's something really quick that you could do that could really make a, a, a pretty much like a life impact at this point. Yeah. And Adrian, I, when you say less than a week, I think with most places now, you can actually do it online or within a form. So it's probably minutes uh to do to to review and update and adjust or or just confirm that it's the same beneficiary you want but you you never know what you'll find every so often you'll see things like uh like uh typo in there you know uh inaccurate birth date or social security or something so definitely good to review that um while we're in the reviewing things category review your estate plan kind of like similar to but not the same as your uh, beneficiaries on existing accounts, but make sure your will, uh, trust, healthcare, power of attorney, make sure all of that is current. Whenever we talk about these items, I also say uh, full disclosure is very important here to prevent future uh, conversations, arguments, or fights with your beneficiaries. Definitely seen situations where people wondered why one person was the beneficiary versus the other. I've also had situations where people thought they had a healthcare power of attorney in mind, and then that person said, I just can't take, I can't do that role for you. I, I couldn't do it for anyone was, was kind of the conversation. So make sure you review that and you've, you've uh, selected your beneficiaries, you've passed on what you want to to the right person, and you've made sure you've had the conversation with them so they know why. Yeah, honestly, I, in most cases, I mean, you could disagree with me on this. If you leave something up to interpretation, it sometimes really doesn't go as planned. So like you said, just have it lined all the way out and just have that conversation just so it just kind of makes the whole process go a lot smoother because it can be a really difficult process sometimes. So you don't want to add any kind of like unknown to it, I think is a, a really important, a really great one. Yeah, you know, I have a client I worked with uh, that passed away over 10 years ago, their children were clients as well at the time. And, um, when, when they, when the client passed away, the majority of his assets went to one child and the family common sense wise knew that the other, the other two were doing well financially, didn't need as much support. That's the common sense answer. But in an emotional moment, they ended up, uh, the siblings ended up not talking to each other for years and one of them was like, well, did, did he not love me because he gave all the money to, to this person? The other one said, well, I took most of the care of him, not the other one. So they had all these other issues. And sometimes in an emotional moment, the the common sense answer that, you know, quite frankly, they all knew uh, but was never discussed uh, gets them thinking about all these other possibilities. So I would say just make sure that that, as I mentioned earlier, you have some of those conversations uh, if you haven't already, so they know what's what's going on. Uh, next, um, more in uh, an easy one that we talk about, I think whenever we do this, if you owe money in your state taxes, pay them before the end of the year so that you can claim them this year on your federal taxes as a deduction. If you wait until... 2022 to pay those state taxes well you won't claim it on your federal taxes until 2022 
Uh, another item on here I've, I've heard people do in the past, now you can only do this once, but if you prepay that January mortgage payment, you can claim that interest deduction uh, early. Now you can only do that once because if you eventually get locked into the cycle of doing it every year to get that, that full deduction. Uh, and I've got a couple more, I'll just go over a couple quick ones and then uh, one that I think we should talk a little bit more in depth about, or one quick one. Uh, just check your emergency savings accounts. We have a client, clients, we set a target for them to have two to six times their expenses just available if there's an emergency. Well, expenses changes and your life situation changes. So for example, uh, when I have a client's retire, usually the where they are within that range tends to go up. And also if expenses changed, you bought a car, you switched your house, you may want to change how much you like to keep for your emergency savings. Yeah, that's a good one. And I was actually, I came across that when I was prepping for this podcast as well. It just said add an extra month on top of your emergency savings account. Just just to have that extra buffer or if you if you need, I think is uh is really big and just the kind of just monitoring, like you said, like if your expenses or anything has changed recently, you could just be uh just prepared and have that cash on hand, I think can uh go a long way and make when you need it, make a stressful situation less stressful. That's always uh, that's always a good one to do. Yeah, completely agree. I don't know if I'd say blanket uh to add on a month. Uh, I would just look at it overall and see what what you have and what your comfort level is. And as you mentioned, adding on, there are also, and I mentioned the same for retirement, but there also are situations where people lower what they keep in cash. What I'll see um, uh, as a pretty common scenario is if we work with a client that has a lot more in cash than they need, and then we help them invest part of it, well, some, they typically will still want to keep more than they think they need and then when they get comfortable with this other account they'll then lower down to that target of what they actually need so that's another another situation where i just wanted to give an example of a situation where you may lower your target versus raising it always another one mm -hmm. is if you have it could be a um, yeah it could be a benefit too like the sooner you start this uh, emergency saving account just keep it and kind of monitor it over the years and keep adjusting it then you could kind of really find that like set amount that you know you'll be really comfortable with uh, moving forward. So it can kind of really go from a really big estimate to kind of really boiling down to the actual number I think is really good. But that's a, that's a really solid one, Roshan. What was your next one? Uh, next, I've got uh, two more for us. One is more overall planning, which is plan for any life events. If you're If you're thinking the next year you might change jobs, you might change your home, purchase a car, um, also health related. If there is a, you know, a a surgery coming up, if you have any of these kind of issues that you know will be coming up in the next few months or the next few years, it would be worth uh, thinking them through and planning them out. So that, that's the other one. Finally, we will have, we've done an episode about this and uh, I know we've talked about revisiting this, so I don't want to spend too much time on it, but uh, consider Roth conversions. Uh, there is a possibility that it will go away for some uh, some people, Roth conversions, in the future. And uh, by Roth conversions, I'm referring to both just converting some uh, traditional IRA assets to a Roth. I'm referring to, and I said both, I thought of a third item. So one, 
converting traditional IRA assets to a Roth. Second, backdoor Roth uh, contributions. And third, if you are currently employed and contributing to a 401k plan, there's a consideration of should I do a Roth versus traditional 401k. So I think all three of those are worth spending some time thinking about and uh, determining if it makes sense for you to take some action on. That's a big one. Hedge against future tax rate increases too. That's a, it's a really big one. That's a, people, the tax subject is very sensitive. So if you can just hedge against this, that's, that's all for it. But like you said, we have a really great episode on it. We'll point you into, into that direction in our show notes. But again, I, I knew that was going to be the one that we have overlap with. So that was the one. Roasting. That was your, your last one. Yeah, I, I'm glad I didn't miss it. I would have felt uh, felt like a dummy if you had said, I'm sure you have I was it on the list. Hoping you were, <laughs> I, I was kind of hoping you would miss it because I would have probably looked like a superstar if Eric listened to that. He'd be like, Adrian's the one that caught the uh, Roth conversion. He would have gave me a pat on the back when he came back. Yeah, and I want to add one piece. You had mentioned a hedge against future tax increases. Definitely can do can do that. The other thing is um, minimum distributions. We'll frequently see clients who are required when they're 72 to take out more money than they need uh, at age 72 due to required minimum distributions while shifting to a Roth or doing some conversions along the way uh, will help mitigate that problem. It'll help lower what you need to take out later to get it more in line. And if rates are higher, Adrian, as, as you said, uh, hedging against future tax rate increases, well, if rates are higher and you're able to do that at a lower rate, it makes it uh, pretty much an easy, uh, easy decision if you're able to convert at a lower tax rate than you'll have in the future. But that is everything on my list. Do you have anything else that you'd like to add? Uh, I don't right now. I just wish I could put a number on how many tips that we had. I feel like there was a... I'd say maybe north of 20, maybe close to 30. So these, these are a lot of good ones. And if you just use one of them, it, could, uh, it, can, it can make a big impact and a, and a difference. So I think that's kind of a good thing to look at. Yeah, my list, and you covered some of these items, but you had additions to this. But my list says 17. So I think we are definitely north of 20. Was, I, I went through around eight. So we're probably just a little south of 30. But our, our jokes, will let's just push that to 30 let's just say 30 let's yeah let's say let's say almost 30 or around 30 i think that that works uh and adrian on your meet the host segment uh that you started last time do you have anything that you have come up with any top 10 lists or any other meet the host information awesome i'm glad you mentioned that i do i was going to do this on the last episode but we didn't have time. I'm pulling it up right now. I'll just run through it. It's 10 things Adrian wants to do when he retires. Okay, let's go. Let's let's go through. What do you what's on the Adrian's retirement list? First one coaching. That'd be really cool just doing retirement whether it's a sport or whatever it may be. Coaching, it's a lot of fun. I did that at university. I coached girls basketball. That was fun. I always dressed up in a suit and tie for every game. Had them run plays and stuff. So it was it was a lot of fun looking back at it. So let me ask you a question. You said you say at university, which to me is a very uh, European slash Canadian. I think I have relatives in India that say that. But uh, I was used to people you know, being born and raised in the United States saying go to college. How did you get the university? Did, did you hang out with a bunch of European people? Where did that come from? It's actually very uh, recently. I 
I don't know what, but something I've heard it like maybe like if I could put a time frame on it, like literally two, three months ago. And it's just, it sounds, I guess, very European. So that's why I'm saying it for the podcast. Um, the next one, golf. That's a common one. If you listen to any of the podcasts before, you know, I want to play golf, break 80. That's the thing I learned. You got to break 80. Uh, another one on my list, mentor, being a mentor. I think that's a bit good one. Mentor and coach are kind of like the same thing, but I guess coach falls more into the sports and the mentor is kind of uh, your career field or whatever it may be. Uh, the next one is just water. Anything that does anything with water, being on a boat, on the beach, whatever it may be, that's a big one. Spend time with family. That's just a, that's a common one. That's an easy one to do. Hikes with my dog. Hopefully, Alfred makes it all the way up until retirement. He'll just have to become like a superhero dog if he wants to live that long. But going on hikes, Eric will probably like that one. But with a dog, I think would be pretty cool. Um, the next one, make content online. Basically, what we're doing now with the podcast, I just want to continue that pretty much my whole life, honestly. I think that's a big one, fun one. Just pretty much the sky's the limit. You can do everything you want with it. I think it's a good one. Actually, to inter- not to interrupt you on that, but you, what you're doing now, I think, uh, and with continuing to make content, that could be help fulfill your mentoring slash coaching goals as well. Really? Yeah. I never thought about that. I can just package them up and knock them out that way. So it's pretty solid. I'm really happy with this list. And I got three more. The next one's grill and chill. That's a, that's a fun one. My friend helped me come up with that one. That's a classic one. Grilling and chilling. That's always fun. Uh, the next one, uh, like music, music festivals, music events, whatever it may be. I don't think I'll lose my love for music anytime soon. So that'd be a good one. And then the last one, VR gaming. I'm hoping in the future when our entire games will just be super like cool, super immersive, super over the limit where I'm, I'm an 80 year old man. It makes me feel like I'm like 30 years old in like Game of Thrones or something. So that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> that would be cool if you, if you're, have you tried any VR gaming uh, at all right now? Do you like it? And I haven't, but uh, I saw this like really funny commercial. It's like, it's like really like intense looking boxer, like, in like the ring like fighting it and then like the like the vr gaming hat takes off and it's just this very old lady so i thought that's that was nice. that's that's why it made my list so that was it that's my list that's a kind of insight so you can get to know me a little bit more and just see what i like to do so appreciate it Roshan. yeah I, I love it when a 25 uh, year old has their retirement goals and i'm serious uh, yeah a little bit of a joke but a little bit serious that's actually a running joke that me and Alberto come up with, just uh, retiring and all that stuff when we are at, I'll say it again, university. <laughs> yeah. We'd always talk about what we want to do in retirement. Yeah, well, what I love about it is uh, is you're seeing a lot of, uh, I've mentioned this before, the FIRE uh, movement and FIRE standing for financial independence, retire early. I just love that you've got this community of people thinking about it so young and so early. So. So part that was the serious part of my joke. The other part of my joke is you're only 25, <laughs> right? So so you've got a ways to go. But I, That's I definitely That's the class. I definitely applaud you for thinking about it. I would highly encourage others to uh, think about it early. You know, planning your retirement rather than having it just uh, just uh, just happen and you having to deal with the consequences of not really planning it out. So I I like I like your top 10 list. I mean. Roshan, I am on the retirement lifestyle show, so I should have some type of idea what I want good, to do in retirement. So that's my only that's my only point to that. But uh it's all good. It's been fun recording this episode with you and we've had a lot of good tips. So two thumbs up. Yeah, I agree. I, I like it for for all of our listeners. 
Uh, please like, subscribe, tell your friends and family uh, about us. Uh, please give us five stars. Also, visit our website, retirementlifestyleshow.com. We have all the episodes. We've got uh, additional information, uh, tips. Give us questions, any show topics you'd like us to cover. We have, uh, on a f many occasions, actually made shows around what people have asked for. And as always, thank you for listening and joining us. This has been another episode of the Retirement Lifestyle Show. We will be back to speak to you and join and enjoy your time and our time next week. Schedule a conversation with Roshan, Adrian, or Eric today at retirementlifestyleshow.com. Roshan and Eric are certified financial planner practitioners. They, along with Adrian, are investment advisor representatives and serve clients across the U.S. with financial planning and investment advice through Arate Wealth. If you found this show helpful, gain knowledge, or enjoy the time you spent with us, tell your friends and leave us a five-star review. This will help others discover the show. To access our show notes, to download any of the tools mentioned in today's podcast, to ask us a question, or to schedule a conversation, go to retirementlifestyleshow.com. All opinions expressed by podcast hosts and guests are solely their own. While based on information they believe is reliable, neither RTA Wealth nor its affiliates warrants its completeness or accuracy, nor do their opinions reflect the opinion of RTA Wealth. This podcast is for general informational purposes only and should not be regarded as specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Before making any decisions, consult a professional. The show hosts offer investment advice through RTA Wealth Advisors, LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor, and securities through RTA Wealth Management, LLC, member FEMRA, SIPC, and NFA. Finally, our music is The Chance by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. It's part of the YouTube Audio Library and it's licensed under a Creative Commons license. I am Ray Voices. Thank you for listening.